Coming up, we'll talk Williams Grove and driver safety. Aaron Reitzel making new friends. DJ Neto versus Tony Gomes and more. Let's go. It's Monday, October 3rd. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. We'll start today off with the Word of Outlaws at Williams Grove uh, over on Friday. This was National Open Weekend. Saturday show eventually postponed to October 22nd because of the remnants of Hurricane Ian, but they did push things along on Friday to try and get that program in. Early in the day, it looked like the rain might stay away long enough to get the show in, so they moved the start time up and were in hurry-up mode all night long. Things were going pretty good until right at feature time. They started to get some drizzle, but it was kind of coming and going. And they eventually went green after mixed reactions from the drivers. They ran seven or eight laps before a caution was called for rain. They added around a bit. They buzzed the track off. More mixed reactions from drivers. And they went racing again. The race was then red flagged on lap 11 when Brent Marks went for a big ride in turns three and four. He ended up out of the ballpark, wiped out a billboard in the process. Uh, and according to Jeremy Elliott, Mark said the rain wasn't why he crashed, but from that point, the race never went green again. And Lance DeWeese was declared the winner with just 10 laps uh, complete of 25. Afterwards, we saw some reaction from drivers on social media. Jeremy got quotes from several drivers and race director Mike Hess. And as you might expect, things were pretty mixed. Uh, some were OK with the decision making. Others were critical. This was a perfect example of a no-win situation for the series and the racetrack. If they cancel ahead of time or if they cancel mid-program, they catch hell. If they try and run the program, they catch hell. Some combination of teams and fans were going to be upset no matter what the call was. I do find it interesting, though, that drivers are given the opportunity to weigh in on what they think of track conditions and either don't offer an opinion or continue racing when they don't think it's safe. Give the thumbs down, pull off the racetrack, stop and talk to an official. Let them know it isn't safe. The guys in the tower are trying to make the best decisions they can, but they need the full picture and all of the information they can get. Should they have tried to race? I don't know. You've got Lance DeWeese saying it was okay and praising Mike Hess. You've got Brad Sweet saying he wasn't sure. And then you've got Donnie Schatz on the complete other end of the spectrum saying no and being super critical of the series. So from these three opinions, what do you do? The series and officials aren't blameless in, in, in these cases, but then neither are the drivers. They have a voice and power and they need to advocate for themselves. If everyone is saying no and the series pushes things along, then okay, we have a real beef with those who are making the calls. But that was not the case here. Driver safety needs to be at the top of the list at all times, but it's not just the responsibility of the series. It's on everyone, the series, the drivers, the teams, the crews. Everyone needs to be involved in these instances. As for the race itself, the Friday show is tied with a race at Bakersfield from 1990 as the shortest outlaw feature in history. It's only the third time that a race was called official before halfway. Deweese was the winner over Sheldon Hoddenshield and Carson Macedo. David Gravel was fifth and points leader Brad Sweet was sixth. Gravel is still 94 back, um, uh, Macedo 134 out. And Jacob Allen's top 10 streak continued. He had a, uh, had a seventh place result. He's now got 16 consecutive top 10 finishes with the outlaws. The series remains in Pennsylvania for another week with two nights at Port Royal coming up. Before we move on, I got a quick merch update. I've got some more decals on the way, including two new designs. I know I've been sold out of decals for a few weeks and I've been wanting to do a restock. I'm hoping to have those available in the store later this week. Also, I've dropped the prices on a couple of items. If you want to grab some Dirt Tracker merch and support what I'm doing, head over to shop.dirttracker.com. 
And with the USAC National Sprint Cars, they had two shows over the weekend, Friday at Kokomo and Saturday at Lawrenceburg. Both races ended up with the same winner in Kyle Cummins. They were his third and fourth national victories of the year. Friday night, he led 15 laps and outdueled Jake Swanson and Chase Stockin for the victory, with those other two drivers also leading laps. And Saturday at the Berg, Logan Seavey led early from the pole, but Cummins took over on lap 17 and drove on to the win. Points leader Justin Grant had a week, uh, had weekend finishes of eighth and third, while Brady Bacon was fifth and sixth. So not a ton of movement in those standings. Uh, Bacon picked up six points, but obviously not quite as many as he's going to need with just five nights left in the season. We won't see the uh, USAC National Sprint Cars until October 28th at Hokopah. In big-time super late model racing, the Outlaws had already canceled over the weekend. Lucas only completed on one of the three shows uh, that win for Kyle Larson uh, back at Tyler County. Elsewhere around the country, Tanner English grabbed an Ironman win at Ponderosa, as did Mike Marler. Jeremy Wonderling was a rush winner at Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Brandon Overton won Friday at the Talladega Short Track. And Jason Fager was an MLRA winner at Sycamore. In other sprint car racing around the country, we had fireworks and tempers at both the Short Track Nationals and out at Silver Dollar Speedway in California. At I-30, in what was the final ever event at the Speedway before it sold to Copart, things got spicy late between Aaron Reitzel and Sam Haferty. Those two won the two prelim features and started at the front for Saturday's main event. Reitzel led the first 17 laps, but got crossed up in turn four, and Haferty slipped by to lead lap 18. These two were far from done, though. Reitzel threw a pretty wild slider with 10 to go that didn't stick, but he was able to stay with the 15H uh, through traffic. Coming to 6 to go, Reitzel tried to sneak to Haferteep's outside on the front stretch, but Sam didn't realize he was there, and Reitzel caught Haferteep's tail tank, sending him into the front stretch wall. The 15H was able to continue, even though the contact was pretty hard, but Reitzel actually also ended up with damage in the, uh, with front wing issues, uh, and the front wing actually ended up completely folding over onto the hood. Haferteep survived the final few laps to score the big short track Nationals victory. In his post-race interview, Haferteep said, quote, Well, I'm just glad that 8R didn't win the race after driving people like he drives people. That's a piece of shit move that he did. And guess what? We came out on top and he's sitting over here, unquote. Uh, nice to see those guys uh, making friends there at uh, I-30. And Saturday night at Silver Dollar, DJ Neto and Tony Gomes had a run in that was pretty wild to watch. Gomes tried to make a move to Neto's inside in turn three, but the pass literally never had a chance. And Neto ended up going for a big ride, tumbling over the banking. He then got out of his car, ran across the infield to Gomes's machine and proceeded to rip out the left side spark plug wires of the 75 car. Gomes was then pushed to the work area under the red to try and fix the wires where Neto continued to show his anger, and we even had a little bit of a skirmish. The best part, though, was the ongoing commentary from Troy Hennig and Gary Thomas. Their play-by-play -play was absolutely classic. And I watched this one on replay, and normally I just skip through the cautions and the red flags, but not for this one. It was well worth it. Uh, Gomes did not end up coming out of the work area. Tanner Carrick was the Friday night winner, while Shane Golubic got the Saturday win. If you're a Flow Racing subscriber and you haven't watched that, go check out the Saturday Night Feature. Just, just that part uh, where they go red to going green again and all the stuff from Troy and GT is just absolutely worth the price of admission. Uh, let me find the right button here. Uh, with the Power Eye Midgets, Cannon McIntosh was the Friday winner at Spree uh, Sweet Springs while Andrew Felker won the Saturday Night Show. There are only two items on the streaming schedule today. Duravision and YouTube have the finale for the iRacing or World of Outlaws late models, and there is Flow Racing 24-7. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight.
Before we shut it down today, I wanted to talk briefly about Rick Eshelman. I don't normally talk about deaths on this show, as other people do a much better job of eulogizing than I can, but this one feels more important to mention. We found out Saturday that we'd lost Rick, uh, who, if you don't know, was the announcer for the World of Outlaws Late Model Series. Because of my own time working for World Racing Group, I'd known Rick for quite a few years. I'm not going to sit here and say that I was super close with him, but we always talked when he came through the office, and it's hard to not be a fan of a guy with the type of passion he had for the dirt racing community. He was so versed on the late model drivers, but when you heard him on the mic at an event like the World Short Track Championship, nothing was different. He could talk about the modified competitors or the other weekly racers, just like he did for Brandon Shepard or Rick Eckert or Chris Madden. And when he wasn't in the booth, he was always helping somewhere with driver registration or whatever else he was needed to do. I have visions of him sitting at tables with Jonathan Clayton or Eric Grigsby or Jimmy McGill getting drivers signed in, handing out passes and paperwork. And the last time I saw Rick was during one of these times when he was working, but not in a booth on a microphone. I took my little guy to Millbridge earlier in the year for the Extreme Outlaw Midget Show, and there was Rick helping get cars lined up for staging. I walked by and obviously gave him crap for being a late model guy at a midget race. We talked briefly, and then I went on my way as he continued with his radio and his clipboard. Rick Eshelman and what happened over the weekend is the perfect example of not knowing what people around you are dealing with. Loved by the community, awesome at what he did, and now suddenly gone. Let's use this as a reminder to check in on those that we care about and that dirt racing stuff, not that serious, ultimately supposed to be a good time. If you or someone you know is having trouble, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline can be reached by dialing 988, texting 988, uh, you can also call 1-800-273-8255 or get help at 988lifeline.org.